Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of Two Guys in a Mic. I am your uh, host, RP. And yes, I said I am your host. I almost said I am one of your hosts. Uh, and the only reason that I am your host is because our other host, Big Sean, is not with us again uh, tonight. Uh, but that's okay. We're going to uh, get on here and get some uh, get some information out for you guys. Uh, I guess this would be like our Thanksgiving, uh, since Thanksgiving was yesterday, slash Black Friday edition of the show. Uh, you could call, I guess we could call it that, you know, with today being Black Friday. Um, you could call it uh, the day before the game with uh, Ohio State and Mich- uh, Michigan, the TTUN, uh, a team up north playing tomorrow in the big house. You could call it probably a number of those things, but uh, what you're definitely going to call it is two guys and a mic. Um, Hopefully you guys had a really good Thanksgiving. I know I did. I had a really good time. I always enjoy hanging out with family and uh, loved ones. Um, hopefully you guys did the same. I didn't eat too much. I ate well, but I didn't, you know, I didn't overeat. I generally don't overeat. So I did a pretty good job of controlling myself. However, for the first time in a little while, I did go back for seconds. Um, I was very selective about my seconds. I didn't pile it on. And uh, I made a uh, smoked turkey yesterday, and it was one of the best turkeys I've probably ever ever had. I don't want to toot my own horn. Just saying, though, you need to check them out. Come come holler at me on that grill and on that smoker, man. I got the I got the works for you. You know, Sean ain't the only one that do that do uh, big things on that when it comes to cooking, especially when it comes to grill, uh, the grill rather. Um, so yeah, that went down. You know it. Last yesterday was a little bit different though for me. Uh, for the first time in ever, uh, my twins were not here. They weren't home with me. They were in uh, Houston visiting my brother and his family. Uh, they went down there with uh, my mom and my pops. So they were uh, away from us. My mom and my pops usually go down there every year, and this year they took uh, took the twins with them. So it was a little bit different not having them here. Uh, they were gone all week, so, you know, I was kind of had a couple of days of, you know, some weird withdrawals from not having them here, but they're home now. So happy about that. Uh, again, hopefully you guys had a great holiday. Hopefully you guys had uh, some times that we'll always uh, remember and move forward and all those good feelings and not too much indigestion and too many pounds packed on. So. As I stated, today's uh, show almost had to go out. I mean, we got a couple of big things going on uh, in the sports world uh, this weekend, not just in college football. There were some college basketball games on today, uh, a little earlier today. One just is uh, on right now uh, that I was waiting on, which is the Gonzaga and the Duke game. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out. It's, you know, early season. I don't think it's really a 
an implication of what will necessarily be, but it's always uh, good to see some good college basketball early on in the season. Seeing, you know, the top two of the top five teams play against each other. Couple games yesterday, uh, I probably watched. I watched all of the Detroit game. <laughs> I know, uh, but I did. I watched all of the Detroit game, and I watched uh, the majority of the Raiders and Dallas. I kind of nodded off. Uh, we were also eating at that time. Look, you know, during the first part of the game, and then I kind of nodded off towards the end. And then uh, I didn't see the last game at all. The Thursday night game, I didn't watch that one at all. Turns out I don't, I don't think I missed much. The Saints got blown out. So, um, but as we get into, like I said, today was football. Cincinnati played earlier today in college football. Um, they kind of had a, I don't, wanna, I don't, I don't know if it was a tough game. It was a rivalry game, an interconference game, so it was a little bit tough for them. But they did pull it out. They won thirty-five to fourteen uh, against uh, East Carolina. It was a it was a solid game, but uh, I think they probably wanted more style points if you're Cincinnati just to secure your spot. But I think they're okay. I think they'll they'll make it in, uh, barring a loss here, or or barring an incredible performance by one of the teams that may be behind them. Um, so that happened a little earlier today. And of course, the game. I said the game between the Ohio State University and that team up north. Uh, you know the Michigan Wolverines, who uh, I think yeah we play in the big house uh, so up in the big house tomorrow. Um, I think you know who I'm rooting for. I think you know whose um, side I'm on. I think. It's not, I don't know if I gave it up. Am I giving it up? Am I letting you guys know? Okay. Well, you know what? We're going to get into that game. We're going to dissect that game a little bit uh, before, of course, we get into our Sunday uh, matchups uh, between uh, the Browns and the Ravens and some of the dramedy that's been going on around the Browns here this past week. So, but I'm going to start on a, on a more positive note, getting into uh, a big game. Uh, to me, and I think to many, it is uh, the best rivalry in sports. Um, better than and, and bigger than uh, the, the the Yankees and the Red Sox. Bigger and better than Duke, uh, Carolina. Bigger and better than Auburn, Alabama. It's debatable. I get it. Um, it's arguable. I understand that. But you probably won't be able to sway me too, too much. I think that this is truly uh, one of the better rivalries in sports, period, and, and the best in sports, period. Uh, not just in college football, not just in football, in sports. There's a bunch of people that, that have been a part of it, that have played uh, huge parts on either side of it. So, I mean, it, it's, it's just a, it's a lot of a steep in history. So um, let's 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 dig into it, people, shall we? Let's go. So we'll start on the uh, on the TTUN side, uh, the team up north. They they run this uh, offensively. They run this kind of uh, weird offense. And I won't say weird offense. I honestly think 
Uh, offensively, they run a ball control offense. They just want to take care of the ball. They want to, you know, do smart things, take the smart play, take the play that's kind of there and don't do too much, um, you know, too much of uh, taking chances and things of that nature. And you can kind of see it. And uh, if you look at their their passing numbers, they're, I, I won't say pedestrian, but they're not, they don't overwhelm you in any way, shape or form. Uh, Kay Cunningham, I'm excuse me, Kay Cunningham. Kay McNamara um, is their quarterback, their starting quarterback. But they also run this kind of two quarterback. You may see this other quarterback, uh, McCarthy. I almost called him McNamara. His last name is uh, McCarthy, J.J. McCarthy. He comes in from time to time, you know, throws a few passes or comes in for, uh, you know, the RPO stuff. So it's a, it's a bit of a change of pace, but it's all very – and I'm trying to refrain from calling it simple or basic. I don't necessarily think it's simple. I don't necessarily think it's basic. I think it works, and it definitely works for what they do. Um, I just don't think it's complex. Uh, I just don't think it's it, – it, it shouldn't overwhelm you much. Um, not offensively again. Not, to me, not offensively. You shouldn't be overwhelmed by what happens with the quarterbacks. You know, uh, they again, they don't turn the ball over a whole lot of these quarterbacks. This is why I call it a, a game control, a ball control offense. Uh, I think they have a uh, quarterback has like 14 touchdowns and two picks. You know, that's not a lot of uh, not a lot of touchdowns. But it's also not a lot of, of, of interceptions. Um, that's pretty efficient. And that's what they need. Their defense, to me, is, is the better part of the team. And if you can have ball control and have a defense that can get you off the field or a defense that can put uh, pressure on you, get some turnovers and whatnot, this offense isn't going to make a bunch of mistakes. So it tends to keep you in the game. And that's that's what I see when I watch uh, the few times that I've actually watched them play a whole game. And that's what I see when I look at their, at their numbers and things of that nature. Um, they run the ball. Well, you know, they tend to always run the ball. Well, um, Hassan Haskins is their main running back. Uh, he's pretty solid. Averages about five yards a carry uh, 13 touchdowns. I mean, they, again, it's ball control. You need a guy that can run the ball. You need a, a hammer that can, you know, slam up in there and get you the yards that you need. They also do it just like they do uh, a two quarterback. They have two decent running backs as well. Um, Corum is their second running back, and he is kind of like the smaller, quicker of the two. He doesn't get as many carries. He's what I would probably consider to be a true backup. But uh, he spells uh, ha uh, Haskins well. He uh, is not a bad runner, and he's five like he's five foot eight, so he kind of hides behind his his offensive line and gets in and, 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 and does he does some he does some solid damage. I mean, the kid averages about six yards a carry uh, when he gets the ball. He doesn't again he doesn't get it a lot, but what they do is a true. Uh, ball control offense so 
if you're Ohio State, you want to try to get these guys that are a lot of third and longs, if I'm them. You want to put them in, in a situation where they're not controlling the pace because that's what they want to do. They want to try to control the pace. Um, you want to try to force some turnovers. We haven't we haven't done a, a whole heck of a lot of, of, of turnovers. We had a couple of games where we got a lot of turnovers, but overall, we, we don't force a ton of uh, of turn uh, a ton of turnovers. But that's something that we need to uh, consider. We need to put this quarterback. To me, you put the pressure on Cade Cunningham. Uh, why did I call him Cade Cunningham? I've called him Cade Cunningham twice already. Uh, Cade McNamara, I think you put the pressure on him. I think the running backs are decent enough. And if you put them in, in passing situations, I believe that you, you know, especially third and longs, second and longs, kind of take the, kind of take the, the, the short yardage away from them. And I think that puts us in a better position to uh, possibly maybe even force them into a couple of of, uh, of mistakes. Um, again, passing-wise, they don't have huge numbers on for wide receivers. I'm actually looking up to see how much, uh, how many turnovers we have as a, as a team uh, defensively. Um, what was I saying? So, yeah, if we can get some turnovers in this game, you know, force a couple turnovers, uh, put ourselves in some situations that, or excuse me, put uh, Michigan in some situations that, of course, I can't find it now that I'm, I'm really specifically looking for. Uh, here we go. Eight, well, we've turned the ball over eight times. No, that's not what I want. That's not it. Sorry. But I think if we put this offense in tough spots, you know, third and longs, force them to have to make a play, force them to have to figure out what we're doing and what we're doing next and when we're going to do it next. I think that's the best situation that you want this offense. Uh, as a, as a, uh, an offense, you want us to be in that kind of a position. All right, so we have 11 turnovers, excuse me, 11 interceptions and 11, uh, excuse me, seven fumble recoveries. So not bad, not bad, but I think that's something that we gotta, you know, we gotta be focused on that uh, in this game because I think that'll help us take them out of that ball control situation. You saw similar situation like that against Michigan State, you take them out of a ball control situation, you make them more dimensional by forcing them into a lot of third and longs. Um, defensively, though, as I pointed out, defensively, uh, Michigan is, I think that, again, that's the more solid part of their team is defensively. Uh, you, you got some guys defensively that cause you some problems. So you have uh, Aiden Hutchinson, one of the better uh, pass rushers in, in college football, actually. Uh, he has about 10 sacks, nine or 10 sacks, something like that. Um, David Ajobu, who is Ajabo, rather, I'm sorry, who is uh, 
one of their linebackers. He's got, you know, like five sacks, a couple of forced fumbles, a couple of uh, fumble recoveries. So these guys are disruptors. I'm sorry, he has 10 sacks. I said he had five sacks. He has 10 sacks. It's a good thing I got notes, right? Um, Ajabo a a has uh, 10 sacks. So you got a Jabo with 10 sacks. You got uh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson with ten, uh, nine, 10 sacks. So this is probably the most active front uh, for it, within the front seven that Ohio State's faced all season. So for us to be able to, to get some things working, we're going to have to you know, chip some of these guys. Potentially, we're going to have to do some quick, a lot of quick plays. Um, to put ourselves in a position that we can, you know, uh, that we can stand out. Of course, you, you know, we have C.J. Stroud, uh, Heisman candidate. You know, this kid is throwing the ball all over the place. He's got 36 touchdowns, um, like 3,500 yards in, 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 uh, in, in passing yards. So I don't think that while I don't think we've seen a front like this in Michigan's uh, defensive front, I don't think they've seen a quarterback this dynamic either. I don't think they've seen an offense. Matter of fact, I know that they haven't seen an offense this dynamic. Uh, Travion Henderson, uh, the, the, I like to call these guys the triplets, uh, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. You have Gary Wilson. You also have Chris Olave. All of these guys, uh, damn near have a thousand yards. So you have three guys that will cause these guys problems. They have they have pretty good corners. Uh, and again, they get a lot of pressure up front, but they have not seen three guys that can cause the problems uh, at the wide receiver position that we have here at Ohio State. And they definitely haven't seen a running back as good as Travion Henderson. We also, let's not forget, uh, have Maya Williams, and we also have Master T. All of these guys are capable of busting, uh, busting big runs off. Um, Master T was here last year. He had a pretty solid game against Michigan. So we've seen this. We've done this. I think offensively, I believe that we have our advantage. And if we I – don't, I don't believe that Michigan – it's going to be able to send blitzes. I think they're going to have to rely on blitzing with that front. And if they blitz with that front, that puts them in a lot of tricky situations in uh, the defensive backfield. That, to me, is where we have the advantage. Again, who, it doesn't matter who's on the field. It doesn't matter who you put in the slot. It doesn't matter who you have on the edges. I feel like we have an advantage when our wide receivers are on the field versus that uh, that defense. So I think if we put ourselves in, in goodness gracious, if we put ourselves in a position like we were in last week against Michigan State, and we come out and we play quick and we play fast, and we put pressure on them and we start scoring early, it is going to get ugly. I know that we have that capability. I know that we have uh, the, the 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 horses 
to pull that off. I know that Brian Day is that type of a motivator. I know that C.J. Stroud is the type of guy that can, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he may be missing, 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 and all of a sudden you throw a 77-yard, you know, bomb, and the whole entire game changes. The entire game changes. The offensive line has gotten much better. I think Ryan Day has done a, a lot of tweaking, and I have to give him credit for it. The offensive line early in the season when we lost the game to to Oregon and didn't see our running game was was suspect during that time and the offensive line didn't look great. But I'm gonna tell you what else didn't look great, and that was CJ Stroud. Of course, we're gonna give Oregon their credit, but I'm gonna say CJ looked confused when certain things didn't work. He didn't seem to have an answer. Like what am I what am I gonna go to next? What am I gonna what am I gonna use or what am I gonna do to fix what's going wrong? He looked completely out of sorts. He looked like a freshman. He looked like a kid that hadn't seen any adversity ever before in his in his uh, definitely in his college life, but maybe not in life in general. And it it, it had him befuddled. He he looked totally confused. So to, to look back at at, uh, at that kid and to move forward and to look at this kid that we see, that we all are kind of in ways uh, in awe of, you know, in awe of this kid. So I think we have a different kid on our hand right now than we had, you know, back in, what was that, week two? Yeah, week two. You know, all they've all they've done pretty much since then is win uh, games, uh, win games impressively. Um, trying to see here, the Penn State game, we won by eleven. Yeah, and we won. So the closest game since we lost has been nine points. Nebraska, nine points. We won that game 26 to 17 on the road um, a couple weeks ago, matter of fact. So, you know, we were averaging about 40 points a game, 40, 47 points a game. Um, and I'm not sure how many points that the Michigan defense is used to putting up or uh, used to um, defending against, or, you know, I don't, I don't know what what they're actually capable of up there overall. They seem to, they seem to give up a decent amount of, 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 of points. Nebraska scored a pretty good amount of points. Michigan State scored a pretty good amount of points. So, uh, Penn State didn't score a lot of points, but it was a close game. So what am I saying is, and, and what am I getting at? All I'm saying in, you know, in a nutshell is, that this uh, this defense really hasn't seen anything the likes of this offense, and that defense hasn't played that kind of an offense, and they had points put up on them. Teams have put points up on them, 
So I believe once you get past the jitters, once you get past the nervousness uh, and the game starts to become the game, I do believe that we will start to kind of separate ourselves. I, I believe that our uh, offense, our talent is going to start to separate. You know, that cream always rises to the top. I know that uh, I think Harbaugh will have his team ready. I've, I've given that dude a hard time over the last few years because it seems like to me these guys coming to the game and they're not ready at all. I think this year will be a little bit different. I think his talent level has, has risen. I think he's stopped trying to uh, reinvent the wheel. I think he looks at what he has. I think he sees what he has. And I think he utilizes what he has really well this season. He's done that a lot better than he has in any other previous years that he's been here. So uh, I don't think that this is the best chance he's had to beat us a couple years ago when, they, when, when we won the double overtime game. I think that was his best team that he's had. Um, but this team is pretty good uh, for a for a Michigan team. And uh, I mean, for for a Michigan team and what we've seen in the, in the recent past, this is definitely Harbaugh's best team uh, since that second best team since that other team uh, that lost to us a couple years back. Unfortunately, though, Mr. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, your team is going to suffer another defeat at the hands of a superior team. We are superior. If, again, it's, it's sort of flip-flop. Our weakness to me is our defense. But we really help our defense out a lot. If we get out there, go fast, and, 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 and put those points up early. Now you make the other team one-dimensional. Ain't nothing wrong with that. When you know what your team is, when you understand uh, what the situation calls for, you put yourself in a good, good situation. Put yourself in a good position. And if the good position is, hey, listen, we ain't trying to have no close game. We where we have to come up with a play on multiple drives. Now the game is in a balance in the wrong way for us. So let's put some points up, fellas. Let's let's uh, develop some separation. Let's play tough. Let's play hard. It's the first time we played these guys in a couple of years since they backed out last year. I know that's gonna piss off some Michigan folks. But guess what? I don't care. Y'all didn't play us. Y'all didn't want to see us. I ain't mad at y'all for that. But I'm going to call that spade. I'm going to call it a spade when I see it. So we back. We ain't lost no fervor for it. And we ain't forgot that this is our rivals. This is the team that we want to beat. No matter what our record looks like coming into this game, we want to beat the brakes off these bombs. We want to beat the brakes off these bugs. That's it. That's it. We want to beat the brakes off these bugs. So, what is my prediction for tomorrow's game? Bam. Ohio State, the Ohio State University, 31. That team up north, 23. That's my prediction for the game. I'm sure that sounds a little bit closer than what pain is. 
But my point is, if we put up enough points, they're going to be chasing us. And we're going to put them in a position to uh, make mistakes and do things that's uncharacteristic for them and for their offense. Once that pressure gets on them, what they're going to do, you know, what they're going to do. And I got more faith in my guys than I do in their guys. So that's my real quick synopsis, a real quick rundown of uh, what I see tomorrow. My guy, uh, Brutus, back here with the, with the, with the, with the BUM uh, beat uh, Michigan sign. Yeah, we coming for you. Tell them, Brutus, we coming for you, dog. We coming for you tomorrow. So they better be ready. All right, let's move on to this uh, Sunday matchup between uh, my Cleveland Browns and uh, the Baltimore Ravens, which will be uh, featured on Sunday Night Football. <sighs> Why did I just sign? Because it's a, it's a national game. So my hope is that we have the ability to, to come out of this game and, and, and play well. Because we look like trash last week. I'm sure y'all got enough of that on Sunday, but this is just a little bit of a hangover slash carryover, just in case anybody forgot. The Browns look like trash, and we won. We won. I think the word, I was listening to the show the other day uh, from, from last week. I listen to all the shows uh, that I do or that we do. I go back and I listen to them. Uh, for content, I, I go back, I listen to them for, um, you know, what it sounded like audio-wise and also what it sounded like uh, from from a host standpoint. You know, like, what could I have done better? What could I have pointed more out? Did I say what I thought I was going to say? And I bring up this point, so I'm, I'm a very critical uh, person when it comes to that kind of stuff. So... I listen to every show and my word for last week was apparently cohesion. <laughs> I think I think I used the word uh, cohesive. I think I used that word about, about 20 times in 30 minutes. <laughs> because again, just a, a reminder, I don't think that the, uh, the offense, the Browns offense was Cohesive. It didn't. It looked like a patchwork of stuff. Like, you know, you'd have Chubb running. He looked good. He's running well. Then he'd come out of the game, or he might be in the game. And then we run about three or four plays where he like, I forgot Chubb was even out there. Like we didn't use him, or we didn't use him the way we could have used him. We didn't run the ball. He threw three straight passes. Two of them sailed on guys. Uh, you, you know, it was just like, what, what is happening? Usually, excuse me, usually our first set of plays or scripted plays, excuse me, we come out, bang, 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 get down the field. We may, uh, you know, we usually get in a red zone, A. B, not only do we usually get in a red zone, we usually put ourselves in a position to uh, either score a touchdown or get a field goal, and in this one, for the first time in a, in a while, we threw a pick, a, a terrible pick, terrible pick. 
and that so the 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 lack of a cohesive movement was ruined right there on the first drive of the game. And it seemed like from that point on, we, you know, they were working to put things together to force something to work. And it looked terrible. And, and Baker looked bad as well. Uh, so bad that he decided he didn't want to do a post-game uh, interview. I mean, we won the game and the dude didn't want to do a post-game interview. You know, the fans booed. I knew it was probably going to be something that was talked about. I, I know why they booed, but when you're in a tough spot, when, you're, uh, when your ego is bruised, you're going to take it on the chin. I don't know that the, the fans were booing Baker Mayfield specifically, but that came out as one of the questions when Baker decided that he wanted to talk to the press. He came out during the week and said, they asked him, hey, you know, did you hear the fans booing? What did you think about it? And he had a few choice words to say about what he thought. And like I said, uh, you know, the bruised ego. Uh, there's there's an old adage. Uh, a lot of us know what it, know this particular old adage. A, a hit dog on holler. A hit dog gonna holler. So Baker felt like that was directed towards him, mostly because he stuck on Sunday. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, make this a Baker bashing thing, but what I'm trying to do is point these things out. Because the Baker that I'm starting to see, why am I bringing this up? The Baker that I'm starting to see reminds me a lot of the Baker that was here as a rookie. This Baker that I'm starting to see who's talking too much, this Baker that I'm starting to see that's attempting to try to take jabs at folks. Now, earlier in the season, this dude, when he's winning, this dude was quoting uh, Kanye and, you know, giving you rap lyrics and all this stuff and all of his press conferences. Now that the, the heat is on a little bit, he goes to uh, uh, you know, taking jabs at at the uh, players, or excuse me, at the fans. So which one is it, bro? And I'm gonna tell you this right now, fighting it out with the fans is always gonna end bad, bro. I don't care how right you might be. This is why I say shut up, Baker, and just play football. Just shut up. Oh, and I never like to tell a man what to do with his life. But bro, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take uh, Emily uh, Twitter fingers Mayfield off of social media at least for a little while, man. Go out and find that that girl a dog. Go out and 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 see if they need some seasonal help at Macy's or something, man. During the football game and after, keep that chick off of. I'm sorry, that's disrespectful. Keep your girl, your wife, off of social media, bro. It's a bad look. This lady is talking about, she's talking about your teammates and could potentially put you in a bad spot with your homies, the guys that's, that's going to bat for you, that's living and dying and riding with you. Now you got to go in there and look at them. 
You can't have her putting you in those uh, positions, homie. So keep her off of Twitter and you shut the hell up and just go play football. You stink right now. That play call, when when the fans booed, it was on the third down play. It was not a good play. The fans didn't like the play call, so they booed. They didn't boo you. They booed. They booed because you haven't shown us anything. And what is this dumb play that we just ran? Boo, man, what is y'all doing? So just as passionate as you think you are, the fans are as passionate, bro, and you got to let them have it. That's what fans do. They go up and down, whether it's right or wrong. That's what they do. Your job is on the field, not in them damn stands. So just play football. You're barely hitting the people on the field with you. So don't start trying to swing at people in the stands. Simplify the game. Check your ego. Settle down and play some freaking football. You got a pretty big game in front of you, man. You got a pretty big game in front of you. We we almost can't lose this game. So I need you to get your head in the game. I need you to keep your head in the game. Trust me, bro. Your comment about the oh well oh, oh the, the people who boo are probably the same people who won't be quiet when I'm when we're on offense. Listen, it could be a completely empty stadium when only the wind blowing. Those passes that you're missing have nothing to do with the crowd noise while you're on offense, my man. Nothing. As a matter of fact, you look bad in all the stadiums that you played in this year, just about. So again, stop focusing on stuff that don't matter and start looking at the things that actually do the stuff that's happening on the field. What can you do to improve your play so that your team can continue to win? Oh, and by the way, the little shot about you trying to win and we don't know a whole lot about that here. We we may not know a whole lot about winning here. We might not, but we do know about losing. And we, don't, uh, we do know about bad quarterbacking. So this is a road you don't want to go down, homie. I tell you that right now. This ain't what you want. That's why I keep trying to tell you. You don't want to have a fight, a verbal spat with the media or with the fans. Shut up. Play football, man. Just shut up and play football. One of my homies is one of this dude's biggest fans. And even he is saying the exact same thing. Man, I don't know what this dude is doing. He's hurt. It shouldn't be out there. What is? Why is he talking so much? Why is it? Bro, I'm at a loss. I don't get it. However, here we are. He looked awful last week, and a lot of it. I'm not. No, nope. I almost. I almost. I was just close. I'm not going down that road, giving him a pass about being hurt. Nope. If you hurt, go sit your ass down. If you out there playing, go play. Period. That's it. That's it. If you go your ass out there, if you look at coach in the face, you say, I got it, coach. Then I don't want to see you limping around when you run. Don't run if you hurt. 
run your ass to the sideline into that blue tent. It's that simple. I hate to start off. This is like the third week in a row. I've had to start off the show or start off my Browns segment with correctional information about Baker Mayfield. I'm sick of that. Bro, shut the hell up and play football. Please. Please. Browns versus Ravens. So, as I stated, I had to get that on my chest. As I stated earlier, the Browns did not play well last week. Um, and it showed. We barely beat an 0 18. And it's, again, a pretty good 0 18, if there ever is. That's an oxymoron, I'm sure, but y'all know what I mean. Um, however, you know, we're, 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 we won the game. We were able to get that, and we needed to win that game. We had to win that game. We can't have many more losses. We can't be fighting from behind uh, for the rest of the season. So here we are in a divisional game and in a conference game. Both, we need both. We need both. So we got to get this win. Of course, when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, first thing you think of is Lamar Jackson. Uh, this kid is incredible. He, he leads their team in uh, rushing and in uh, passing, of course, because you know their 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 running backs have been all jacked up uh, most of the season. Or both, they have two running backs that are out for the season: uh, J.K. and uh, and Gus. So they they both are out. So it's not surprising that. And, you know, I think he generally leads them in rushing or is one of their leaders in rushing anyway. So, again, it's not surprising. He's he's playing Pro Bowl caliber football to this point. Um, not like crazy numbers, but he's playing, he's playing pretty good. He's a former MVP. So, hell, I, I don't expect him to, to not play, uh, to play well. You have... Uh, on, on uh, one of their wide receivers, Marquise Brown, is questionable for the game. He's their leading receiver, and he's questionable for the game with a thigh injury. So uh, that's going to give them some issues offensively. However, they also have Mark Andrews, who always gives us fits. Uh, he always plays, and, and, that's, and that's also uh, – Lamar Jackson's kind of safety valve. When plays break down, um, he always kind of scrambles and finds Mark Andrews just, I don't know, 30 yards open for no reason. Mark Andrews is a problem. And I think to uh, tomorrow's uh, Sunday's game has a chance to be slightly different because I think, I think, I think it's one of the reasons why we went out and got guys like John Johnson I think, and not specifically for Mark Andrews, but I mean specifically for the pass catching, uh, active uh, tight ends. That's why we went out and got guys like John Johnson. That's why we went out and got guys like uh, Anthony 
uh, Walker. That's why we went out and drafted a guy like, uh, you know, JOK, uh, Jeremiah Usakomor. It's one of the reasons why we did that. These guys give us versatility. Uh, they give us some speed, some lateral speed, and some good coverage, uh, you know, good coverage play. So my, my thoughts and my hopes are that we start to see that type of thing transition on our defensive side. If you want me to be all the way honest, I ain't sure what we're going to get out of this defense with Joe Woods still calling plays. But I'm holding out hope for uh, some of those things to be uh, a part of the game plan this week because we're going to need that. We're going to need, if we can keep, you know, uh, Mark Andrews under some level of wraps, I think it puts us in a position that, again, uh, now you put the game in and on Lamar Jackson, who's just coming back from an injury. Um, so he's banged up. That's how for me. He's banged up. They sat him out and let him sit. I'm sure he gives them the best chance to win every week. They sat him out and let him sit. Let him get rested for a pretty big divisional game. You ever heard that before? It's like freaking deja vu to me. Because I said that a few months, a few uh, weeks ago. Same thing I said. Same exact thing. And everybody wanted to kill me for it. But I think that if we um, I think that if we do put pressure on him, he's kind of banged up. Uh, and what I mean by pressure is they don't have their number one receiver. Really all they have is uh, uh, Mark Andrews receiving-wise. They also have a couple guys out in, uh, you know, out of the backfield that they like to use. Um, so, you know, they have the opportunity to do let me see, uh, receiving Devontae Freeman. I couldn't think of who else they had uh, at running back because they, they had Devontae Freeman. Uh, they just released Le'Veon Bell, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, they just, they just cut him like a week or so ago. So they have Devontae Freeman, who can catch out of the backfield. You guys remember him uh, from his days in and uh, uh, with the Falcons. You know he can he can catch out of the backfield. So you want to try to use and take away his safety valve. I don't really want to see the guy running running at all. If we can help it, I like to keep him in the pocket. I think we need to get a lot of pressure. My thing has always been up middle pressure and. Outside contained, I know that sounds like duh, but that's really, you know, some guys, you can hit them from the backside. Some guys, you can catch them from the front. This kid always seems to escape up the middle. But then you just send up the middle pressure, and then he always finds a way around. He's, he's faster. He's elusive. So getting him is, is pretty tough. So that's why I said it sounds like duh. Yeah, uh, scheme-wise, it's easy when you scheme it up. But actually pulling it off on the field 
with a guy as gifted and as talented as this kid, it's uh, it's it's way tougher than what uh, than what you know you want to give it credit than what some people want to give it credit. But that's to me, I've I've said that for for years because it's not that he can't throw. But if you want to pick a weakness, I'd rather sit back and let this dude throw 30 times a game than 30, 40 times a game than to, to see him throw 25 and run 10. It, it just ain't a setup well for us. Um, so, you know, these are those are the things that I see from them uh, offensively. I don't know. He's just one of those guys so hard to defend. You, again, you can bring up whatever theory, whatever scheme you want, and he'll just shred it on a play or two. You know, so you have to you, containment, containment, containment. Be where you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to do. You have to actually stick to everything that's been discussed, and uh, you know, and and the practices leading up to the week, leading up to the game, rather, and, and everything you saw uh, saw on film. Everything you you discuss in meetings, you have to do everything, and then sometimes you got to do some instinctive stuff too, because sometimes you get out there on the field and you see something totally different, or you see something like wait 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 wait, I ain't seen that one before. So now you start to let your instincts play football, and you may be able to make a play. Sometimes those schemes are just that your schemes. When you play a game, you kind of know what this is, and you kind of know what that is, and you can see it coming. So, hopefully, uh, offensively, we're able to put some. I mean, excuse me, defensively, we're able to put a little pressure on them uh, with uh, you know our front seven. And honestly, I would, I would, you know, send as many blitzes as possible. They really have a hard time versus the blitz. Uh, Lamar does. Uh, have a, he has a really tough time versus the blitz, and he's hurt. He, he's banged up. So send some blitzes in there at him. You know, some safeties, some some linebacker blitzes. You know, be be smart about it. You don't have Marquise Brown back there. You do have uh, this other kid. Uh, hold on a second. I forget his name. Uh, Bateman, who's pretty decent. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to give, you know, some of these other, you know, unsung guys opportunities. But I think if we're healthy on the on the corners, we can cover this guy single coverage, and he just sends as much heat as you can send at this guy. That's what I think. You know, help Miles out. That's because you already know they're gonna double the chip on him. So send more, send more guys. They're gonna be sitting on Miles inside. So send more guys. That would be my only, that's the only thing I can think that could slow him down. And now, especially if if Marquise doesn't play, he's questionable as of Friday. That doesn't mean that he won't play on Sunday. So let's see how that plays out. Uh, defensively for uh, this team, they have really good corners, which I don't know that you need to have really good corners against our wide receivers because these guys are barely getting open. Uh, they're barely being thrown to as well. So, um, but they're, to me, they're probably the standouts 
uh, Marlon Humphreys and uh, and Anthony Everett. I, I couldn't remember his name to save my life earlier. I had to actually go uh, look it up. But both of these guys, you know, do well defensively. They they play the pass real well. You know, and, and to me, they're as good as at that cornerback as we are right now. You know, we're 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 blessed to be able to have uh, the corners that we have, and these guys have some similar uh, talent over there. But uh, on the pass rush and on the you know uh, tackling side, of course, they got Calais Campbell. Um, I think Calais right now is just there to, to hold up space, which he does really well. And he makes big plays when you need him to make big plays. A couple weeks ago, he got a uh, he got a, a, a field goal block, like at the end of the game, basically sealed the game for the, for the squad. So it was huge. Um, but uh, they have uh, their linebackers, of course, are the most active and, and, and most disruptive part of their of their team. Justin Houston, he's got four sacks. So you gotta pay attention to this kid. Um Owe is a little more disruptive. He, he gets some he gets hands on balls, forces fumbles, recovers fumbles, and he also has four sacks. Um, this is a defense that has a really good third down efficiency. They only give up, uh, teams are only getting like 30%, uh, converting at a 30% clip. So we're, we, we're not great on third downs. So that could be a problem. So again, you want to put yourselves in the best situations. We need to, to run the ball as much as possible and do what we can to set up as many short yardage situations um, to put us in positions where we can convert more third downs because this team does really good uh, against the third down. I think we're like 38% third downs, which isn't terrible. It's not good, though, especially for a team that's analytical. We should be better and more efficient on third down to me. Um, what they do do well, as we know, like I say, a guy like Calais Campbell holds up space. He takes up two, three guys uh, on the offensive line. They only allow 88 yards per, per uh, game rushing. So uh, somewhere around about four yards of carry. So, you know, these, these guys are, uh, they're pretty stout, pretty solid on the, uh, you know, when it comes to the run, the run game. What does that mean for us? Not a lot. Well, well, let me rephrase that. I won't say that it doesn't mean a lot. I think that what it does mean is that we still need to run the ball. We need to run the ball a lot. And we need to focus on Nick Chubb and potentially Kareem Hunt. And if the run doesn't get off early, you know, and I can understand if it doesn't, if it doesn't get off early, we need to go to our screen plays. We're going to have Kareem back. So we're going to have him capable of running and catching passes out of the backfield which puts us at a, a, a distinct advantage. Even if our wide receivers aren't making the big plays, I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to see kind of like a hybrid. They're going, they're going to do a lot of single coverage on their, on their guys, and they're going to kind of load that box up. 
So one of the wide receivers is going to, I hate that I agree with this guy, but I, you know, I heard an interview with uh, Chris Collinsworth and he's, he was spot on when it came to this, that one of the wide receivers is going to have to start to, to, to make some, some plays. You got single coverage. You're going to get single coverage. You're going to get single coverage a lot, especially if Nick Chubb is uh, capable of, of, of busting off runs like he generally is, or excuse me, like he generally does. Same thing with Kareem. If Kareem sees any level of success. If Dearness gets in the game, he sees any level of success. They're going to start to bring people in, into those boxes. And they blitz a lot. This team blitzes a lot. Now, I said Lamar doesn't play well against the blitz. Unfortunately, neither does Baker. Baker's one of the worst in the league when it comes to being blitzed um, in terms of his completion percentage and uh, in terms of his accuracy. It's terrible. Oh, same thing, right? He's terrible when it comes to being blitzed. And he's also, you know, uh, hurt. So all of these things work against Baker. So the running game and the short passing game need to be at a, at a primo spot. And I think if we pull those things off, uh, that's how we pull that game out. Is is uh, short. So those are my keys to the game. The running game, as usual, running is always one of my keys, because when you have a guy like Nick Chubb and a guy uh, like Kareem Hunt pounding that ball and getting as many yards as we can get to make the game easy for uh, Baker to make the game easier for the offensive line to settle everything down and to keep our defense off the field, you know, giving them rest and allowing the game to be controlled by us. It's always going to be a plus. Uh, the short passing game is going to be critical to me. Team that blitzes a lot. You're going to need to get that ball out of there quickly, especially when your quarterback is injured. Does that make sense? Third key to this game, it's going to be Kevin Stefanski. What kind of game plan do you have beyond your scripted plays? And what does your game plan, what effect is it going to have on the success of everything that happens on the football field, including understanding that Joe Woods may not be calling the best game. So you have to manage around that, brother. So let's hope that you pull all of those things off. If we do all three of those things, I think we have a really good chance of winning this game. Again, it's a home game for us. It's a Sunday night game. So unfortunately, we got to wait all day to see what these guys are going to do. Oh, my prediction. I said, what is my, my prediction for the game? My prediction for the game. It's not pain. I hope not pain because we got a lot of hurt guys. So I don't want no pain for these guys. I want to be able to get into this game, make a little bit of pain for them, but not for us. So I don't even want to bring pain up like that. Um, my prediction for the game is Browns 22 Ravens 18 and a very close 
uh, game, but a game that we could pull out. I know we haven't scored over 17 points in a few weeks. Uh, we have in six of our last eight games, we haven't scored 17 or more points. Or let me say that better. In six of our last eight games, we scored 17 points or less. So I'm suggesting that we'll score 22 points. That's what I'm saying. So I'm saying we'll get over that 17-point threshold. And not by much, but we'll get over it. And I'm hoping and praying that we'll be able to uh, get in and get out of this game, get a week off, and then travel down the road to Baltimore to see these guys in a uh, in about two weeks. So those are my those are my takes uh, for this uh, again post Thanksgiving Black Friday uh, show the 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 game Eve. Um, looking forward to tomorrow's game. Looking forward to another. Buckeye win, and then hopefully following that up with a, another rivalry game on Sunday and a Browns uh, victory. So you can listen to this show and any other show that you want to listen to uh, by myself and Sean, two guys in the mic, 216. You can listen to it on the audio stream, on Anchor, on uh, Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, and on Spotify, and you can also see the video stream of the show on YouTube at Two Guys on a Mic 216. Please hit that little red button at the bottom, the subscribe button, and also like uh, the page, comment, uh, give us some feedback. We also have Facebook pages and or Facebook page and Instagram page. Both are uh, Two Guys on a Mic 216. Again. We post videos, we post uh, pictures, uh, we talk sports all day on those uh, sites. Please come in, chime in, comment, like, dislike, say a few words, you know, uh, but if nothing else, please follow and like our pages. Um, hopefully on Sunday, we will be able to uh, get Sean back in the building, um, back in front of the camera back streaming with us um, but until then you'll just keep hearing my beautiful uh, raspy voice and for those of you who watch the show seeing my beautiful face <laughs> uh, so uh, again thank you guys I love you guys all of you who, who listen and who are faithful uh, even, even those of you who aren't faithful I like the fact that you took some time to, to watch uh, and to, and to uh, comment, et cetera, et cetera. Sean, we miss you. Hope we see you on Sunday. Uh, that's it for me, man. Peace out. Love you guys. You've just listened to Two Guys in the Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.